right, everybody, welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes. We, we are going to be recapping episode four of Daisy Jones and the Six. I saw the light, uh, written by Stacey Traub and directed by James Polsalt. Um, I'm your host, Aaron. I'm Taylor. All right, guys, here we are. We're almost halfway through. That is wild to me. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you were saying that you had some like overall views about this episode that let's start it up at the top. It was a good episode. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think I just feel like there was so much momentum coming out of episode three. Like it made so much sense why that was the end of the first week. And yeah. it was, we were on a high, we we're ready. I was like really jonesing. See what I did there? <laughs> for the next episode and then it just kind of felt I hate to use the word filler episode because that's not fair to anybody to say but I just was like I kept waiting for the big thing to happen and I just was like come on you had you had me you had hooked me at the end of the last episode and now I just felt not that they were letting me go but I was like let's let's get back to it I was ready to just be on the roller coaster ride and it felt like we were kind of starting at the bottom and like trying to gear back up again I understand why it's paired with another episode that we're not going to review right now but I, I I get it so well, I do think that something, a criticism that's been talked about with this show that I don't think is unwarranted is the pacing is off. Yeah. And it's hard. And I think it's a hard thing to do, too, when you're adapting from a source material because that momentum and sort of that big thing at the end is what we're going towards. But it doesn't, we don't, I don't, it doesn't feel like the trade is moving forward. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I know what we're, our destination is necessarily. Yeah, that's fair. And what I was thinking, too, I think it would have been, there, there's a few things. I think it would have been more interesting because in the book, we have, like, Ellen Chang and we have different, like, pop culture historians you know who Mm -hmm. also pop up and will give context to what's happening Mm -hmm. and we had that in the pilot about the guy who wrote the daisy jones biography but i do think it would have been helpful to continue to have those people throughout to be like you know it was the song of the summer or it you couldn't go anywhere without hearing it and then it was so strange that you know we all thought this about billy or like if these people are so famous, we almost then need to know, okay, well, what is the average person thinking of this person? Yeah. Because a lot of people are talking about this show in this uh, <laughs> book and Fleetwood Mac and how it's not like it isn't Fleetwood Mac. And it's like, okay, fair. This isn't a real life band that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but like, It's like, yeah, because we all know what Fleetwood Mac was. We all have that cultural literacy and we don't have that within the show because we don't know, like, what are average people thinking? And I think had we, it it would be such an easy way without having to a voiceover of like contextualizing the band and where it was going and what people thought of them in that moment. Yeah. 
that I think it would have been helpful. And the other thing that they do, like, they give, like, shades of once in a while, but I wish that they did it more blatantly, was the thing that was that's interesting about the book is people will tell the same event or tell a fight from two different point of views and you see both point of views and then you're like, okay, it's something in the middle. Yep. And I almost wish they would do that more of like, we had this giant massive fight. We were screaming at each other. I said this great line and you see that version. Yep. And then you cut, you see another version where nobody was raising their voice and the person kind of stumbled over their words and you're like, okay, well, which happened. Yeah. You know? Yep. And because so much about the book is about memory and what we choose to remember and how we choose to position ourselves within our own memories that I feel like that thread is getting a little bit lost and yeah. it's very hard to do in film because in film you just see it, you know, film, TV, whatever. And so that becomes like the one way it is. There's not as much room for interpretation, but I do think had they like, you know, have Daisy come in in a yellow dress and be like, well, she wore these blue jeans and then have her come in in blue jeans or something to show right. that like, this is a lot of people's memories meshing together. Yeah. You know, that's what I was hoping for more. So at the very beginning of the show, like when we were first yeah. talking about it, when I was asking, how are they going to do this? How are they going to show that it's based on memory and not just what we see as an audience member it's something that i thought they were going to veer more towards i don't know if you watch the show the affair um yeah on showtime i didn't i watched only the first like four episodes and then i was like eh, i don't really love it but one of the things that i really really liked is that it's about the um the way that two different people remember an event and yeah. they do that where the, there's no voiceover. It's not a documentary. They aren't interviewing anybody. But you just you start a scene in one perspective, like the man's perspective. And mm -hmm. you see him and he's looking at this woman and she's a waitress. He's at a restaurant with his kids and he, she's a waitress. And you notice like her skirt is very short. It is like <laughs> up to her bum. And she like flirts with him and she's really, she's really sexual. And then she walks into the back and he follows her. And then there's just like, you see the scene through that way. And then it cuts to, you enter the scene in the woman's perspective and her skirt is down to her knees. She goes to the table. She's so bland with him. She's not flirting at all. She's just being a waitress, you know, asking yeah. the man what he wants and then, he goes to the bathroom and then she happens to be in the bathroom. She didn't follow him anywhere. And so it's just, you get everybody's perspective about the event and you know, you have to decide which one to believe. You have to decide who's telling the truth or whose memory is more closely tied to reality. Um, and so I thought that that was what the show was going to do, Daisy Jones. And I think it's just, I don't, I'm not, loving that it's not super uh it just feels like people are telling the same story about the same thing that happened and then we're seeing it happen right and everyone's agreeing on it yeah you know because yeah. that was the thing that was so fun about the book is that you did have eddie who hates billy would always tell the story in such a specific way mm -hmm. and it was also just this idea like everyone is the hero of their own story or everyone centers themselves as the most important person 
within something. Yeah. And yeah, I just feel like it was like a missed opportunity or it's kind of a bummer. And I think it's the thing that makes it makes the show really exciting, the book really exciting. And I think could have like translated more is like, had we, yeah, if we could contextualize like who they are as culturally, because they aren't real. So we don't know. I loved, yeah. I missed yeah. that. I've been kind of rereading the book while we're going through it. And I really miss the um, journalist, Jonah Berg from the Rolling yeah. Stone. And I just like, he's a huge part of the book. Yeah. And I miss reading those little lines, having the dialogue of the way he interacted with the band and the critic, the rock critic talking about the band. I wish mm-hmm. that there was more outside I think it's what you say. You wish that you saw what the common person thought about them. But then I also wish that I saw what the music industry thought about the band and not from the outside. Right. And also they, you know, we talked about this before too, but it's like that they started the band so low and they started Daisy so low Mm -hmm. that it's about their climb where, you know, in the book, it's like, they were gigging all the way from Pittsburgh to LA. Like when they got to LA, they had like a pretty good reception. Like things went pretty good for them. And with Daisy being like a poor little rich girl, like they were already like kind of rarefied. Mm -hmm. So you get why people would be obsessed with them because they're, or they were always kind of celebrities in a way. And instead of us seeing these people who were always celebrities, we're watching them kind of be like, struggle to get to the top of the world which is where they end up but it is also just like uh, that's not really what we signed up for yeah that's such yeah so true it's become a little bit more of like the classic rock tale and less about what the book is which I think makes it in a weird way less of a modern story Mm -hmm. like what you just said it's two kind of celebrities already And that would have been so relevant and modern. Like Daisy Mm -hmm. is a TikTok star currently. (laughs) Like, you know, she she is. There are so many people in our current celebrity culture who are Daisy. Like she she was a Nepo baby. Mm -hmm. And it would have been such a poignant um, criticism or just like. A, t- a modern take on this character that we just didn't get instead of and now we're getting like oh classic you know struggling waitress makes it big and it right. just could have been if they had gone more if they had stayed more true to the book it could have been a really interesting like it wasn't just in the 70s it's happening now and let's see the parallels between the two right and like as is culture i mean Back to the days of Evelyn Nesbitt and even before that, like there were just women in society who were picked to be famous for no real reason other than maybe they were beautiful or who their father was or this or that. And these women dealt with that sudden onslaught of fame in different ways that is complex and interesting. And Daisy dealt with it by, you know, wanting to be taken seriously for her music. Like, that's interesting. And I think a lot of women have the experience of being seen one way and wanting to be seen another. And that's a universal story. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it just feels like 
instead of that kind of more complex, interesting, nuanced kind of story, it's just like, she's poor. She doesn't want to be, which is like, that's a story too. That's great. Yeah, I get it. We we all understand that shorthand. Yeah. Yeah. But like, we get why she doesn't want to stay a waitress. But I think it is more interesting to be like, she's living at the Chateau and she has all these Halstons and she knows everybody and she fucks everybody and everybody knows her and everybody loves her. Yeah. And she can get into any party and she can do whatever she wants. But like, why is that? But she doesn't, but she needs more. Right. You know, it's such a modern character. Just going through the book again, Daisy is so modern. And Mm -hmm. I just, I think that they missed the opportunity to do that in the show. She's a fun, dirty, complex character. And they've just kind of made her what every like struggling singer waitress was in the movies. Yeah. Which makes me sad. And Riley Keough is so dynamic and you do watch her when she's on screen. Like, even yeah. when she was in like American Honey, I didn't know she was Elvis's like granddaughter or whatever. And I was like, that girl has like, you want to keep watching her. Mm-hmm. And and it's so, it's frustrating because like her as Daisy, it's like, it, it's Daisy is, she's not as like sexy and dynamic. And it's like, you don't get why when she walks in a room, everybody's head would turn. Yes. Before she's Daisy Jones of the six singer songwriter, da 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 da. But like you got that Daisy was turning heads when she was nineteen. Yeah. And yeah, the girl she's is like, supposed to be fun. She's supposed to be fun. Yeah. She's not fun. <laughs> she never got to be fun, and instead, it's like we get this kind of like weird, sad, lonely girl, and it's like. No, that could be later. We need to start with fun, top of the mountain. Then you could show us a scene of her being alone. But like, I want fun. I reread like when she and Simone met and I was so mad. Because it's supposed to be at the whiskey on the dance floor and they just like zero in on each other. Or, I mean, did you read? I Somebody sent me the pilot and I sent it to you, but maybe you ignored it. Um, I didn't ignore it. I saw it. I have not had the chance to read it. Um, it's interesting. But yeah, no, I, I want to read it. Um, I liked your your <laughs> disclaimer email at the end. <laughs> I won't repeat it. <laughs> no, but it's just like, like decisions were made. And I just, again, like we say, we just have questions. We just have questions. Yeah, I really do think a lot of it was COVID. And a part of me is saying, well, then let's not do this now. Let's wait until Amazon has more money. Let me buy a few more Amazon Prime packages so that you guys can get the budget that you deserve. (laughs) And then let's wait for, you know, the, the COVID protocols to be a current thing. And then let's then let's do the show. I just right. don't know. Just if, wait like, for. This was I think the they had the money, but yeah, it's like wait for COVID to dissipate and then do it. Yeah, because right now you can't do it justice. That's that's my fear. It's just not being done justice. Um. Anyway, so should, should we get into the scene? Yes. <laughs> so it opens with the scene that should be in every 
movie or TV show about a band, which is when the band first hears the song on the radio. I love it. It's a cliche. We need it. It's we perfect. need it. We need it. It's the best. It's it's the best. And so they hear like a couple of girls going by with it. And so uh, playing in their car, Daisy hears it at work. It's great. It's so yeah. much fun. Daisy, this is the last fucking time we see her in that diner. And thank God. Good riddance. Good riddance <laughs> of that diner. <laughs> I cannot. I love the Clark Street Diner. This is not against them. We will revisit. Yes. Great place. If you're in LA, go hang out. It's so much fun. Yes. But I don't ever want to see Daisy in there. No. One more time. I do not want to see her doing labor. (laughs) (laughs) No. They couldn't even give her like a good moment where she drops all the plates. Like she still actually put the plates down on the waitress on the table, like a a decent responsible waitress. And I was like, why weren't those being dropped on the floor and like having a nice big shattered moment? She still put the the food on the table. I was like, girl, come on. And then just have a moment after she sees that like Honeycomb is on the jukebox, take off her apron and walk out the door. Yeah. I want to see a cliche here. Yeah. Let's be cliche here, please. You want, you you want this, then show it to us. Come on. Throw your apron Um, in the wait staff in the manager's face, please. Yeah. And then leave. And we never, ever, ever will speak about her working in a diner again because that was fucking insane. Um, And then in Camilla and Billy's kitchen, Camilla and Julie are listening to the song. Billy comes in and shuts it off. He's the one person in the world who cannot stand the song. I mean, did love that scene. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. Hey, we were listening to that. Like, (laughs) and he doesn't even say anything. Like, he doesn't even acknowledge it. He just turns it off. Yeah, and then uh, old Billy is like, I was the only person in the world who couldn't stand that fucking song. <laughs> I love also, and I think maybe I just didn't realize that like they, the whole band and Billy and Camilla and Julia all live in the same house. Still, yeah. <laughs> Great. And then the band gets their first like royalty checks, which I love too. That was so much fun. Love that they... Karen was buying stocks. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Love that Warren said that he saw a fur vest in a window in Venice. And then later at Billy and Camilla's party, he's wearing the vest and it is magnificent. It is fantastic. I feel like Warren is running away with this show. I love him. Yes. He is like the perfect little comedic relief. And like his outfits are fantastic. And just the way he carries himself is great. The costumes are great. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm. I can't get over Camilla's hair. It just feels very 70s to me, especially when they show her from the back and it's just long. And it it's just like, I don't know, everybody, the hair and makeup and the costume department just did a really good job. Oh, knocked it out of the park. Where I Wherever they're shopping, I want to shop because that's how I want to dress. Yeah. Is Sam Claflin's hair a wig? I don't know. In the present it like the the straightened it's definitely a wig but like his hair is so good i think it must be a wig because it yeah because he normally keeps it short yeah but i'm wondering and he wouldn't have had time to grow it you don't think well he they he said he got cast a year before they started filming because like oh okay he got cast in january of 2020 and then they 
didn't do anything for a year. Like they didn't film until 2021. Um, and he said that he, like, he started to lose weight and then he couldn't like maintain losing weight over COVID. He just like wanted to keep eating. So then (laughs) when they were like, okay, I know. Right. (laughs) He was like, when you have to like, tell me when I have to come back. And then he started losing weight again. So like, he definitely would have had time to grow his hair out if he had a full year then yeah i think he could because his hair is magnificent i cannot get over how good it looks in the past Mm -hmm. it looks amazing and this was the first time where i was like is this a wig because this if it is it is the best freaking wig i've ever seen in my life but i think it might be his real hair boots on the ground with the hair and makeup department of daisy joe's in the six let me know let us know is it a wig yeah the hair department is doing absolutely fantastic also i thought Mm -hmm. graham was hot this episode so hot for the first time i was like graham (laughs) he really like this actor i don't know anything about him love him looking forward to seeing more of him but also it's like he should dress 70s like how austin butler now permanently talks like elvis which i love and no complaints on that keep talking that way like this actor should be like i live in the 70s now yeah and the hair left and right the hair yeah. the sideburns the tight shirt the flared jeans like he was rocking this episode and i was like he was cute but i was just like grim you are hot like you are a hot it felt like he now. grew up like he yes. like, is a man which is so yes. crazy because this actor has definitely been the same age the whole time <laughs> but he felt like a little boy and now he feels like a man it's crazy yeah, yeah. i guess it's acting guys oh my gosh it's crazy <laughs> It makes you feel different things and think about people in different ways. <laughs> Props no, to you, it. sir. You did a fantastic job at your job. <laughs> yeah. You out here doing your job and we love you for it. Um, then Billy rents Camilla a house. My dream home. It was... If I ever live in LA, I want this house. Ex- yeah. No changes. Yeah. All 70s inside. We gotta talk. We gotta bring back wood paneling, guys. <laughs> I cannot stand white walls. And if anyone were to, to move into Billy and Camilla's house and just be like, oh, and just turn it all white, I'd barf. I would not want it. You know, the brown shingles, too. the brown, the wood paneling, it looks like a little tree house in the back where they have the like the different levels as you go up and down on the yard. There's nothing I'm not very excited about with that house. It was a great house. Yeah. Everyone has to park up around the corner, apparently, because everyone's just walking down that street. <laughs> I love. I want this house. We need to find it. I'm sure it's $7 million or something insane. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I- it could be 50 bucks and I don't have the money to buy a house in LA, but still. the. I hope it's not a set on the interior because it was so nice. This it is so perfect. I'm going to say a little, this set and this specific spot withheld, I, the production, uh, I'm not Mm -hmm. feeling like it's very lived in. Mm -hmm. Do you feel this way? With like the 70s vibe of everything? For me, it really stuck out um, when they went to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and 
I just the like the bus they had the exterior of the bus and it had love painted on it and it just yeah. felt very generic and it just right. didn't feel it felt like what an Amazon Prime show would have I just uh, like some it was when I first started to look at stuff and I just thought this doesn't feel like it's very lived in and very 70s to me it felt like what we as 2023 would assume the 70s looked like right because in the 70s everything was avocado that bus was an <laughs> avocado <laughs> you know yeah it just didn't feel like I and yeah know. i agree like it felt too perfect it felt yeah. too on yeah. the nose yeah like yeah. a sanitized version of it yeah but but yeah. this house was the outlier i thought that it was fantastic this house is so good yeah um the band does drugs. Did you Graham like this? Karen, them doing drugs? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was fine. I'm not big on drug scenes, I've realized. I but just... thank God we finally have them doing drugs. Because I feel like they everyone's been so like... Uh, so like but they just get body, like... Yeah, I don't know. I think I wanted it to be more. It's just them sitting in the backyard and like Eddie staring at his hand in this classic way of, oh, look at my hand. And Graham and Karen are super cute when she puts his, her hand on his heart and he's like, don't move it. I was, that's adorable. And I really liked that. But I'm just yeah. not big on the like drug tripping scenes. I think they're played out. Yeah. I mean, me myself, I've never done drugs. <laughs> but I've heard that that's pretty much how it goes. It is a lot of sitting around and looking at the sky. <laughs> I people have told me, right. but yeah. Then Warren says I miss drugs, which I'm like, that is yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they're in Hawaii with a bad bus. That was very silly at this like sparsely attended concert. But I guess they were also one in the afternoon, so it makes sense it wouldn't have been packed. Yeah. I just love um, that it was Hawaii and not Joshua Tree. Like, in the book, is it Hawaii? No, it's just um, it's on tour. I'm pretty sure it's Glasgow because it's the part um, where they like. So they've gone. They go on tour for six, seven, eight. There's mm -hmm. seven, eight, nine, and Daisy opens for them, and so she's on tour oh. with them, and she's their opener. And it's the part, like, she sings Honeycomb sometimes. And then when they're in Glasgow, I'm pretty sure, or it might be Sweden, um, it's when Jonah Berg, the Rolling Stone reporter, comes. And he's supposed oh, yeah. to do a piece on them. And then Daisy comes out and sings it. And then afterwards, they all go out uh, with the Rolling Stone reporter. And he writes the article that says the six that should be seven. And that's when they start to think about, should Daisy join the band? So they never go to Hawaii in the show um, in or the in the book. book. But they like Daisy goes on tour with them. But like, not as a honestly, part of the band. They could have just had an episode of the band of the that and then the that chapter of everybody trying to impress the Rolling Stone reporter or would that have been like too much almost famous or like no i mean oh yeah probably 
I didn't still. mind. I didn't mind this change because you want the tour of Daisy Jones and the Six to feel like a big deal, and if she's already on tour with them as like their opener, and they took away her album because in the book mm-hmm. she has an album that she's already done, and so she's singing songs yeah. of that album. So they took that away, so it wouldn't make sense for her. So like be on tour. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the truncatedness right. of this was fine for me. I just thought it was yeah. funny that it was Hawaii. <laughs> like, okay. I know. Cause it's like, yeah, just say that it was in the desert. Yeah. That's where we were. Yeah. Um, there was a teepee at one point. <laughs> what? Well, I mean like the seventies were not very PC. That's true. They were, you know, they were appropriating left and right. They did not point. have a word for it. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah. They band plays. Billy tells her to come in on the fourth song. She okay. comes in early. Okay. okay. Want to talk about beforehand? Oh, sorry. I liked the line. Oh no, like this part. I liked the line where she's where Daisy goes. This is pep talk for me or for you? Because I'm great. <gasps> oh, it's amazing. Well, it's it's a bummer too because like Billy sees the band doing shots and she he's like left out because he's sober, and then the Daisy arrives and the band does like Pittsburgh on three and Daisy's left out. Hmm. Yeah, and then Billy comes up to her and tries to like be like, you know, it's intense out there, and da 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 da. And Daisy's like, I'm fucking raring to go. Why are you telling me this? Right. And then afterwards, she is clearly not. She's clearly nervous. Yeah. I have a slight problem. This is when we see her start taking pills. Hmm. And so in my mind, I associate, I think that the association that they want you to have is that she starts taking pills because she's nervous. And so it's something to steady her. And then it becomes a problem. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't want her to have a reason that she's taking pills. I just want it to be, you know, her having fun, her being alive in the 70s. Yeah, since she was at 15. Exactly. It's just a part of her personality now. It's not, oh, I need to steady myself and like, I don't want the drugs to be a consequence of something. Yeah. And so for it to be like, she was nervous and then she does, she starts doing drugs and there's a reason for why she's doing drugs. I didn't like that. Right. If, yeah, I agree. Um, I like, uh, so then she comes on for them to play. They ca- are calling the song in the show. Look at us now in parentheses, honeycomb. Yeah, but isn't any song that has a hook like that? It's like the name of the song, and then in parentheses, it's the hook that everybody calls it by. So, like, they flipped it for some reason. So it should be "Honeycomb." Look at us now. Yeah, yeah. I always thought. Anyway, I love there. this song. I love uh, this song. I've been playing this song. It's so good. Me too. This song is so fucking good. And this performance of the two of them refusing to look at each other for almost the entirety of the song, the only person who looks at Daisy and they share a look is Karen. Karen looks at her and smiles and Daisy smiles back and I loved it. And but it, then, then at the end of the song when Billy starts smiling and like enjoying himself and having a good time. And then they look at each other and then they can't stop looking at each other. I was like, mm. chills, chills. <laughs> Their chemistry. This is the thing. I absolutely love their chemistry. Billy and Daisy 
on stage, off stage, I think they're great. But like, especially when they're singing together, the music and the performances in this show are fantastic. They're absolutely incredible. Like, I just yeah. kind of wish it was a concert TV show. <laughs> that would be such a just... bold thing to do, to just do, like, a concert episode where it's just 40 minutes of them on stage. Like, I that would actually that... have been so fucking cool. I hope that that's what it, like, the second half of the season is. Like, oh, I hope be. that that's what the tour is, where it's literally just us watching them on tour in a concert video. Because this, and I'm not big on concert videos. Like, I don't watch concert of like you know Netflix concerts although I will say the Katy Perry (laughs) did you watch the Katy Perry part of me concert yeah that was fantastic but I don't know it's just like there's something about watching live music that I'm not a big fan of on on screen but this is this is amazing this is the performances are incredible and the music is incredible and I just I just want to watch a concert of this yeah well, did you hear there's all these rumors that they're going to tour? Which I'm like, They are no. touring. Wait, no, they really? Are. Yeah, Riley Keough said, like, I never thought that this would be a thing, and now I'm on tour. Like, Not she was in on- the show. No, like, real no, life. In real life, she said, I think she was on Jimmy Fallon, and he was like, did you ever think that you would be here? And she goes, no, never thought, and now we're going on tour. We got to go. We're We're going. We're going. <laughs> we gotta go. The question is, do we go to New York or LA? Both. Or both. We gotta or... get to see what the dates are and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, LA just sounds like that's where, you know, the show and the book take place. We'll go in full costume. But there's something we'll about go New York. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I love it here. Um, and then, yeah. Then and Daisy Des- doesn't then leave. Daisy doesn't leave. Old Daisy says they wouldn't let me leave, which is great because that's not what was happening. But mm-hmm. and then she jumps onto the mic with Billy, and Billy looks flustered. But, but it's this great. was so good. Them singing to each other, and they're just like her screaming, "Look me in the eye!" Mm-hmm. In the mic with the same microphone as him. The sparks are flying. Like, this is just, how can you deny this? <laughs> well, yeah. And then after the show, Karen compliments Daisy and she's like, you know, great job out there or whatever. And then Billy immediately is like, uh, I told you to come in on four. You came in on three. And she's like, all oh, your songs sound the same. I didn't know how many you'd done. <laughs> that was brutal. That was a brutal line. Yeah, and then there's the band interview where Billy is like kind of just a dick, where he won't acknowledge that it's Daisy's song, and won't give her credit, and says when they ask if they're going to do more, he's like, no. Yeah, I always love it. Like, I love this tension. I just think there's something so great about the tension that they have mm-hmm. uh, mixed with the chemistry that they clearly exude. Enemies to lovers, man. It's an It's a thing it's the number one trope it's yes. the number one have you ranked the tropes on the podcast no that'd be so hard to do but i would say that enemies to lovers is up there it's gotta be number one um it's so good 
And then, oh yeah, on the bus, Karen is basically like, why don't we think about bringing Daisy on permanently? And Billy's like a sorely sad mess, you know, that she wants to be the center of attention. Are we looking in a mirror, Billy, when we say these things? (laughs) Um, I loved the line, I don't think we'd survive her. Yes, that's that was perfect. That was, it was so good. So good. And I don't think it's in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just gets across so much of Billy's anxieties. And because mm-hmm. it's clearly not we as a band. Um, although it is. He is right. <laughs> He's right. Like they don't yeah. survive her. That's not a spoiler. They have that in the very beginning of the show. Um, but it's just like, Billy doesn't, does Billy care about the band more than himself and his sobriety? Cause he, he's clearly saying, I cannot survive her. Like I can't do this. It's too powerful. Yeah. Oh, but now that I'm saying it, we haven't seen her out of, Billy hasn't seen her out of control. No. So what is he saying? Yeah. I don't know. I I think he I think he understands the powerful energy between the two of them. And I think he is nervous about his fidelity. So it's purely sexual. I think so. Okay. I'm okay with that in this sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't like that in the book it's that that's not it or that's not what he claims. In the book he claims I can't be around her because She's out of control with drugs and I can't do that. But we don't see her out of control with drugs because she has a shift to get to. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Daisy's trying to write. Everything she writes is just basically about Billy. Yeah. And then... Simone this harp Simone's god what an episode for Simone just fucking heartbreak after heartbreak but mm. she they're watching tv and the chanterelles come on and it's her voice and she realizes that somebody stole the track or like whatever and she says oh if maybe if I just sat on his lap for another two minutes it wouldn't have happened like this which is like so fucking heartbreaking yeah and also that wouldn't have helped because this guy's a piece of shit and a garbage person but the fact that you have to that that that's what you're telling yourself and you have to, it's just well that's that... why that's why these men are so fucking pernicious is because it's like that's then the thing you have to think about yep. that you have to be like oh maybe if i had entertained him or laughed at more of his stupid jokes or yep. gone up to the hotel room with him like would my career be different and it's fucked up and it's really bad yeah yeah but the, I like, like that it seemed like a realistic version of it. It, it feels very grounded that storyline in that's how you would feel. Yes, you know? exactly. And that just makes it so much more impactful. Like for me, it's those little, I mean, they're not microaggressions cause they're huge, but <laughs> they're just aggressions, macroaggressions. Exactly. But in that way, that just makes it so much more impactful than, you know, I don't know. It just makes it feel like, you just want to shake men and you want to be like, this is what we go through. This is what yeah. we're doing. Like, this is what we're dealing with. And it's those little moments where you just point to that and you're like, see, do you see this? Like, it doesn't always have to be a sexual assault, a rape, 
every woman has to deal with shit like this. Yeah. And you just want people to, you just want to like shake them and be like, this is what it is. It's just like. It's exhausting. Yeah. And it is also, it's like, this is why good, talented women leave these industries because they're like, fuck it. I don't want to have to think about if I had sat on a guy's lap for two more minutes, would I have a different career? I don't want to have to fucking deal with that. And fair play to them. Like that makes sense. That's a reason to leave. But then we all suffer because we don't get, you know, the talented, those talented people leave, you know, and it's fucked up. So poor Simone, she decides to move to New York to be with her girlfriend, (laughs) with a woman she talks to on the phone quite that woman yeah (laughs) that woman which i love i love daisy also being like yeah you're happy with her like go towards her even knowing the sacrifice that daisy would be making yeah but i i loved that scene i thought that was really special and then simone gets on the bus and it's very sweet i hope that she's not gone though like no i think we see her disco career I'm fine with just, like, us following Simone's journey as well. Like, this is a good, interesting thing. And like we said, we would take an entire spinoff of just Simone. Yes. Because this actress is phenomenal. Finally, Daisy's at the goddamn fucking Chateau Marmont on Sunset in her cottage. Thank you, baby Jesus in heaven. When I I saw the sign, I was like... Aaron will be so happy. <laughs> well, also, it's like, I don't know, because for this whole time, I was like, did they just not get clearance for the Chateau? Which would be so crazy, because the Chateau, listen, loves being on TV. So it would be so weird for them to be like, no, in this iconic way, you can't. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is where she belongs. Okay, but so did this make you more or less mad? Because they did get the clearance. They could have had the clearance. They just chose not to have it at the very beginning. It made me a little more mad. I was like, so yes. we could have been doing this the whole time. We could have time. been done here this whole time. Yeah. We could have. She has a cottage. She's up on one of the balconies in one of the other rooms. I don't care. I don't care. Have her wander around that place. It makes me crazy. And then she says she, being around people would make her less lonely. I Daisy is lonely, but she also has a shit ton of friends and parties and people And it's weird that it's not like, I'm lonely, even though I have all these things. She's just like, I'm lonely. I don't have people to hang around with me. And it's like, no. This is what's so weird is they're giving all these party scenes and more people to the six and to the band that's from Pittsburgh and not to Daisy. Daisy is not like they never show her around people. It's just Simone. It's so bizarre. And I'm like, no, this is why did you switch these from the book? The you don't ever see the band with anybody else. And you see Daisy with everybody else, constantly with mm-hmm. other people. And yet in the show, we're only seeing the band with all these friends and we never see Daisy with anybody else. Yeah. It, just, it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, I really didn't like just why are we watching her walk around all sad? But I did love her breaking into her childhood home. I thought that was fantastic. I wish that she had done more drugs and was more out of control when she broke into her home. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did cut up her arm and sleep in a bedroom that clearly was not no longer her bedroom. I think she was very fucked up. 
I wanted to I wanted to see it more. I didn't want us to bring that because I don't think you would have known if we didn't know what had happened in the book. I don't think you would have been really aware. Yeah, this is the thing. I think we're bringing a lot like for better or for worse. I think we're bringing a lot of emotion and color background color to the show with the book. And in my mind, this was one of the moments where it was worse for it. Yeah. Because I wanted to see her on these drugs. I wanted to see her. I wanted it to be she went back home because she was so messed up on drugs. And there was some, like, subconscious, you know, uh, pull drawing her to her house instead of just. Right. Or she just didn't remember that she didn't live there anymore. Yeah. Like, I love the the line in the book where um, Teddy asks, what happened to your arm? She's like, oh, I don't know. Oh, it must have been when I broke into my parents' house. Like, just not remembering anything because she's so messed up. She just doesn't feel that drugged out, out to me. <laughs> well, yeah, she doesn't feel out of control. She doesn't feel free. She doesn't feel it, girl. She's kind of just sad. And she, there was a part of Daisy that was always sad, but it was underneath this veneer of party girl. And she doesn't feel party girl. Because even when she's at party, a party, she just talks to Simone. Like, we don't, like, I just want to start a scene with her, like, with a bunch of friends. Yeah. And, like, we don't need to name them or whatever, but. That's the way that you know that somebody is sad. I mean, I'm going to make a gross generalization right now, but like when people are partying the hardest, you're always like, what's going on? What's (laughs) really going on deep down? So it's just like, you don't, we don't need to see her moping around. We need to see her at the top A plus game level of partying. And then we'll know as a viewer Mm -hmm. that something's really wrong. Exactly. Um... And then she ends up in the clink. Karen comes to pick her up. <laughs> Karen's like, uh, how did you, know, you get my from number? LA. Like, why do you? Yeah. She's like, you're from LA. Like you don't have other people to call. And she's like, I'm from Mars. And it's like, okay, emo Daisy. Fine. I don't know. I, I liked her calling Karen and I like Karen like obviously like the female friendships are the most interesting thing about the book mm-hmm. and i like the way that they're building up these little moments between karen and camilla karen and daisy daisy and camilla um so i liked that karen was the one but then immediately daisy just got self-conscious about her being there and her witnessing her down like that and just kind of like ran away yeah i i um, agree um I am loving the female friendships. But also, yeah. like, how did she get your number? You guys were in a band together? <laughs> like, I don't think it'd be that hard. Yeah. And I feel like in that day, too, you probably could have just been like, carrot, carrot, like just in the phone book or something. Like, you know, people did, people were listed back then. Yeah. Um, And then De- Daisy and Teddy are talking about daisy's album and she doesn't want to be singer songwriter anymore and i love teddy and his fucking mind games loves the reverse psychology he plays her so well and she's like huh yeah where he's like well they already have a front man so why would they need you and she's like they need me though 
where Teddy knows full well if he was like, you should go join the six, she'd be like, I don't need them. Fuck yeah. them. Yeah. Teddy, great, great moves by Teddy. I don't mm-hmm. know if I buy that she's not a fan. Like, she doesn't want to do singer-songwriter anymore. That was a very quick shift that all of a sudden she's done being a singer-songwriter. But I don't think it's necessary she doesn't want to be a singer-songwriter. Like, I think she still wants to write songs. But I think she's also like, I'm having fun. Um, Like, after the high of the Hawaii concert and how she felt on stage and how... Like, I can get her being like, I want to do, like, rock music. Like, I want to have that experience again. Yeah. Like, she just wants to be more of a performer. That's what I took it as. Okay. I took it, yeah. That makes sense. I I just took it a little bit more, like, she's done writing songs and she just wants to make, like, dance albums. No, yeah. I think she wanted, like, rock albums. She wanted, like, to be able to have those kinds of concerts as opposed to just, like, her and a spotlight and a guitar. Yeah, fair. You know? That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, then, oh, Camilla and Billy are watching the interview and Camilla stands up for Daisy, which I love immediately. Yep. Camilla immediately knows like Daisy is the reason they have the house that everything popped off. And she's like, you're an idiot. And you couldn't have given her a little bit, which I'm like, Fuck yeah. yeah, like I must say Camilla I'm loving like she has come around from like where we thought she was too much of a doormat. Like she's running shit in this episode and in everybody's business in a way that I am very happy with. Yeah. Good episode for Camilla. Good showing up. Uh, I absolutely will get to it. But like loved her and Daisy together. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there, but that's the other chemistry. Like this whole show is all about people's chemistry and like if Camilla and Daisy didn't have chemistry together like that would also be tough like you need all of these sort of like cross sections especially Daisy and Camilla yeah it's like Daisy and Billy you need and then Daisy and Camilla you need yeah um so then at Billy and Camilla's party Graham and Karen are the first to arrive Camilla immediately is like, Graham, so like we hitting that? Like, what's what's going on, buddy? What's happening? And Graham's like, oh, mm, I could look no. like an idiot. It could all fuck get fucked up, which yes, yes. The band could be mad at me and we could break up. And I was like, oh my gosh, Graham, I just want to hug you. Oh. And it is, I do love because like, you know, this is a show or a book about love triangles. And I do love that the love triangle for Karen is her work. And love, yeah, and not like another man, yeah. Um, and like society, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Warren shows up wearing the vest that he bought in Venice. Love him, fantastic, love him, fantastic. And then Daisy shows up all nervous and immediately drops the wine. Comes in with a pineapple. She, I love that she walks in and Camilla and Billy are talking. Camilla walks to Daisy hugs her like oh thank you so much for coming it's like do you want to meet the band and like leads her away from billy yeah where she's not even like oh i'm gonna try to get billy to talk to her she's like oh i know how this is all gonna work out and so we need to start with daisy not being around billy yep yeah just the daisy and camilla chemistry like (sighs) camilla knows like camilla i wanted to meet her you know i don't care about you billy like you're not the most important person right now i I know that Daisy is the most important person for for our family. Right. And I, you know, screw your feelings. I wanted to meet her. 
this is great. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah. And that's Camilla. And so Billy tries to apologize to Daisy and tries to ask her about the band, but he won't admit that he wants her in the band. And that's kind of what Daisy wants from him. Yeah. And I love like old Billy. He's like, oh, Daisy was talented. That wasn't the question. And then the interviewer's like, then what was the question? I think mm. in the show, the question is he liked her a little bit too much. A little bit too much. <laughs> um, Daisy tries to leave and Camilla runs out after her, which was a perfect scene. You Just know? like I, yeah, the, I know that you're the reason why we have this house. I know that you're the reason that my life is the way that it is. In a good way. And yeah. just like the honesty, like that's the thing about Camilla in the book is she's so honest. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're bringing that back and she just, she doesn't care. Right. And I love that Daisy's like, he doesn't want me here. And she, and Camilla's like, I want you here. Yeah. Who, who gives cares? a fuck that guy wants? Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, Daisy's like, he's so lucky to have you. Like Daisy recognizes that the best part of Billy is Camilla, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then there's a blackout. I loved this. Everybody gets the candles out, get real moody and shit. Yeah. It Daisy felt goes 70s. To... <laughs> it was great. Daisy goes to pick up everyone's favorite Nepo baby, Julia Dunn. She's very cute. I love she brings her down to Billy and Billy isn't like, why do you have my daughter? He's yeah. just immediately like in dad mode where he's like, oh, sweetie, we'll hang out together. Da, 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 da. Um, and then everybody sings Ooh La La together, which I loved. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. I'm loving I these. I'm just like I said, I'm loving these live performances. Like I'm loving these songs when they, when people are singing together, it's fantastic. And especially yeah. when like Billy, you know, hands Julia over and then walks down and is singing with Daisy and you just know. And they like, are looking at each other singing. Looking at each other. And it's not anything like when Camilla looks down, she's not thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on? She's just like, yeah, this is it. And it's just, there's this, I mean, they talk about trust, but there's also this, the chemistry that's different than, it's, there's like creative chemistry and there's sexual chemistry and they obviously have but have both, but they like have more creative chemistry. And I just think this is something that I love about the book. And I think they're, I'm hoping that they'll really uh, lean into this in the show mm-hmm. is when you hate someone that you have so much chemistry with and like how much of chemistry that you have with somebody is actual hatred. You know, like they always say (laughs) the line, there's a thin line between love and hate. Like there's a thin line between hatred and just having amazing chemistry with somebody. (laughs) Right. But they have that chemistry because they're so antagonistic for each other. And because they're so, they fit so well together that it is the, that's the spark that you watch. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like them, them singing together i i just i can't get over it it's so there's so much animosity and love and just pure and like respect from each other like yes respecting of each other's talent even if you like they both admit the other one is very talented even if they're like personally i find them toxic and gross but they are very talented you know and there's that too that is like so great the song lyrics also i wish that i knew what I know now back then when I was younger, which I'm like a bit on the nose. Some of these are a little, some of these are a little, yeah. Some of these. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
you know i can yeah. make a, we can make a good thing bad and then um look me what is the one that they were singing turn around look, look me, me in the eye. eye yeah 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 but i just love that they didn't have i was so glad that there was no shot of camilla at the watching billy and daisy with a look of jealousy or a look of worry in the mm-hmm. past we didn't get any of that like She's so sure of this. She knows exactly what she's getting into. And even in the past, even in the present where she says like, I don't know, do you think I did anything wrong? Like she, she knows she's so sure of herself. She, she has no regrets. She, mm-hmm. she, she doesn't care if like the question to the audience, that's not a real question. She doesn't care about that. Yeah. She knows herself Yeah, and she knows what'll be best for Billy. And she knows that Daisy is best for Billy. Yeah. Um, so Graham and Karen yeah. come out onto the porch and the worst possible thing happens, which is Graham kisses her and she laughs. I just wrote, Graham! <laughs> Graham. Graham. Poor, yeah. And then Karen says, you surprised me. And poor Graham really puts his heart out there where he's like, you've known that since the stairs, I, it, I've been wanting this or whatever. And it's like, she knew. She knew. Ugh. I yeah. feel so bad for Graham. And I'm like. I feel so bad for Graham, but also. yeah. Sorry, keep going. No, I interrupted go you. Yeah. I feel I, so bad for Graham and for Karen. Karen leaves the scene by saying, I think you're amazing. And there is also something to like. Karen doesn't want to be tied down. And I think that she knows were she to start something with Graham, that would be the end of it. Like yeah. she knows that they would be together forever and she just needs to have a bigger life that she knows ultimately Graham could give her, even if she does love him. Yeah. And that's so heartbreaking too. Like that's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a single woman, <laughs> <laughs> that's always the question. <laughs> Well, career, yeah. like, uh, I don't know, especially for somebody in the 70s where it's just not, I don't know. Society. I mean, she had been able to have a credit card in her own name for a few years at this yeah, point. Barely, barely. Yeah. So it, it now I think it's a it's a thing of like, you know, and especially as women get older, it's always like men aren't competing with other men men are competing with how much a woman likes herself and wants to be alone and i think that scale gets tipped more and more as you get older have i shocked you (laughs) yeah just tell everybody that now they have to get the access to the patreon because my (laughs) mouth dropped so far that is absolutely beautiful Mm-hmm. so freaking true yeah. i know that i suffer from that so much but i've never really thought about it in the way of like how men have to deal with that because that is exactly like i always say you know i love being alone no man is gonna be better for me than being by myself <laughs> yeah but i never think about that in terms of the men like yeah they're not competing with other guys they're competing with like a woman just wanting to be alone which i absolutely love that is oh my gosh you literally just blew my mind like <laughs> it's with literally yeah a so woman's yeah 
desire to, yeah, they're competing against her love for herself because, yeah. And yeah. It's, so it's harder. And I, that's why I think it's harder for women as they get older, because it's like when you're young, you're so insecure. But the big lie told to women is that like, as we get older, that like our lives get worse. It's fucking hilarious because I mean, <laughs> as somebody who's old, who's older, I'm like, my life is the best it's ever been. You couldn't pay me to be 20. Are you out of your <laughs> fucking mind? And like, you know, so yeah. So that's the other thing too. And if I was single right now, like I've been with my husband for 12 years now, but if like, if I, we've been married for five, but together for 12. But if I, yeah, at this stage of my life, if I was alone, I'd be like, things are pretty good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I do like that but with I, Karen, it is like, we're, we're not feeling a real big pressure from society with her. Like she's not talking about, you know, oh, my friends are all married or like, yeah. Camille is married with kids. I should do that because it's not how it is in the book. Um, but it's just—I mean, specifically, Karen says in the book, like that's what Camilla needed was to be a mom. I never needed to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that they're sticking with that. Um, and the relationship between her and Graham. I'm, I'm like excited. I don't. I, I almost like don't know what's gonna happen. You know. Because yeah. they're still changing stuff from the book. And so it's like, are they going to do what they have in the book? Or are they going to do something new? And I'm I'm excited to see what happens. A hundred percent. They're fantastic. And also talking about chemistry. Yeah. The two of them have great chemistry. I'm just like, I'm loving Graham. Like, he is doing so good. <laughs> he got cast in this and he said, I'm going to show the fuck up every day. And you know what? He is. He is. And I love him for it. Yes. Um. Simone arrives in New York. Graham immediately meets another girl, a groupie, Carolyn. Don't know how I felt about that. Uh, I liked it. I was like, Graham, what are you doing? Did Camilla send her over? I think so. Yeah. She knew what happened. Camilla's over here. She's doing her machinations. She's She's, she's keeping things going. She's pulling those strings. Um, And then Billy is in the car with Julia and Camilla comes because Camilla, the devil works hard. Chris Jenner works harder. <laughs> Camilla works the hardest. Who was the second one that you said? Chris Jenner. Oh. But I think. And she basically is telling Billy, like, you need to. You need Daisy. You need her. And he's like, I know. I'm just like I'm loving the way that Camilla is dealing with Daisy I love it where she's just like this is the best I'm thinking about your career she is kind of being like Chris Jenner but she's just like there's not an ounce of doubt there's not an ounce of like oh maybe I shouldn't do this maybe I don't trust my husband there's no jealousy Camilla is just so sure of herself and she's so, so sure of what needs to happen and mm-hmm. I'm I like I love that they stuck with it they didn't try to give her any you know well let's talk about it billy like let's let's maybe maybe we don't have her you know i loved i just oh yeah that was great um and then daisy wakes up the next morning in the house still fantastic and then i do obviously we love camilla but i didn't love this talk where camilla's like families take care of each other because i'm like daisy did have simone and she had a shit family but she it's not like she doesn't know what it is to take care of other people. So you thought you know? it was more threatening? I don't know. I don't I don't think I really understood what that was about. Like what was your read on it? 
I liked it on first watch. I thought the line, well, I thought they were just going to end it when um, she says we're a family and they take care of each other and Daisy is surprised and goes, they do. Um, Like I thought that was going to just be it. Um, There was like some part where I was wondering if it was a threat where Camilla says, you know, you take care of us, we'll take care of you. As in like, don't let us down. Yeah. You know, don't, don't do what you've always done. But at this stage, it, too, we don't see Daisy constantly letting people down or exactly. being out of control. Exactly. She's holding down that job. That's why, <laughs> that's why I was like, okay, it can't yeah. be threatening because she hasn't done anything yet. Um, right. But, like, Camilla, the actor, didn't say it with the most warmth. It wasn't like, you're a part of our family now. You know, it didn't feel very cultish. Because yeah. like, she even started when she was like, I don't know if I have to say this or not. And I was like, I thought she was going to be like, don't fuck my husband. Yeah, yeah. I was. That was what I was thinking, too. I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I liked it. I thought it was fine. But I was confused on what the end tone was supposed to be of it. Yeah. Um, and then we see old Camilla and she's like, you have to have trust. Should I have trusted them? You tell me. Dun, dun, dun. But it, I just felt like she didn't, it, she wasn't asking for real. Yeah. You know? No. It just, yeah. Um, I did like, four. that's mm-hmm. episode four. We had, there was one line that I really liked when after the, um, Hawaii where, Daisy says that Billy never admitted that he needed anybody. And she goes, so we had that in common. And she does that little laugh. And I was like, yes, these are like, those are the kind of cutaways that I like. Where it just shows a little bit more of the personality. Mm -hmm. And the similarities. I just thought it, I just like her little laugh at the end of that. I thought was great. Oh, yeah. I think old daisy is fantastic like whatever they do cut to her it's great yeah yeah um i mean any final thoughts i think we started really ragging on this episode but like as we went through we're like and this scene's good and this scene's good and we like this scene and this character's great and this chemistry's good so like yeah you know, it was actually really good <laughs> i i didn't say it was bad i i i told you i just had some like some thoughts and mm-hmm. i didn't think it was a bad episode i thought it was a good episode i just i'm the momentum i'm re- i'm ready for the next episode yeah like i'm ready to i'm ready to go on tour like i'm ready to go on tour <laughs> Well, they have to write first. They have to write it. I know, which I'm also very excited about going rereading the book. Um, there's like I was thinking back to the question where you asked me what scene are you most excited for to watch? Um, mm. And like, I don't want to give spoilers away or anything, but the writing of the album, I'm really excited for mm-hmm. um, to see what they do with it. I'm also very, very excited and super nervous to see what they do with the album cover. Yeah. The photo shoot. Because I am a little worried about that. <laughs> Just they have show... that scene. I've seen clips of the scene. Okay. The show is feeling a little PG to me. Yeah. And I want it to be R. Mm-hmm. I agree. So we'll see. All right. 
Well, do you have any you other got... thoughts? No, I think that's it. <laughs> do you want to do swoons? Yeah, you go first. Oh, or I'll I'm go first. Reading... I have one. Oh, okay, I'm no, I'm I'm going to swoon about a romance series uh, by Kerrigan Byrne. It's called The Good Girls, and it's a spinoff from her Victorian Rebels series. She writes these books that are all super interconnected. And so these are all like on the shorter side. They're like low 200 pages. So you zip right through them. But they're about these four sisters and they each end up falling in love with the wrong kind of guy who's actually the right guy. Classic. And it's so good. And it's so like dark and gothic and fun and they're great books. They're all on Kindle Unlimited, so they're all free if you have Kate, uh, Kindle Unlimited. Um, and so if you're looking for something, t- touch down on The Good Girls. The Good Girls. That's what it's called, the book? The series is called Good Girls. The titles, I can't remember. It's like Tempting Fate, Dance with the Devil. I don't know. <laughs> I never remember titles, guys. Got it, got but it. it's just, if you do Good Girls, G-O-O-D-E, Girls then that's it. Start with one. Oh, there's an E at the end. Yeah. I was like, Goody why girl. are you spelling good? <laughs> I know how to spell good. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. So um, I, was, I was also going to swoon about a book. Um, I was going to swoon about the book that I told you about, The Dud Avocado mm-hmm. by Elaine Dundee. Um, it's from, it was written in 1958. It's about an American girl uh, living it up in the late 50s in Paris. And it's fantastic. I love it. The writing is so funny, so sharp, so modern and witty that it's like surprising that it was written in 1958 Mm -hmm. um, because it's just like some of the lines are so current. Like at one point she says, get behind me, Satan. And you're like, (laughs) when was this written? (laughs) It gets amazing. Um, there's not a ton of a plot. It's mo- it's like a very vibes book, but I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorites. It's called The Dud, D-U-D, Avocado. What a funny title for a book. I know. Because well, you've recommended this to me a few times and I never can remember it. Yeah. It's, be- yeah. She, it's how she describes herself. Oh. She's like, yeah, I'm the Dud Avocado. Because you know there's always a Dud Avocado. That's her. It's great. You know, I, I love it. I grew up in New Hampshire and we never had avocados. Like avocados were like a post-collegiate thing for me. I didn't know that such a thing existed. Interesting. Yeah. Did you have guacamole? There's not a lot of No, there's we didn't have what? Mexican food. No, because there just there was one Mexican restaurant in my town, Shorty's, and it was like a like a special occasion place. So we went like very rarely. Yeah. So I did not, we did not have access to Mexican food and I'm sure at Shorty's there was guacamole, but I don't think we would have eaten it. Like I remember going to Shorty's and be like, what is this food? What, how, like, what do you choose to eat? I think I always just got fajitas. Oh my gosh. You were a fajitas girl. Talk about Daisy Jones of the Mexican cuisine. Sorry, I'm a double fire sign. I'm going to be ordering fajitas. All sizzle, um, all attention, <laughs> wanting everybody. You can hear them enter the room. Everybody's yeah. attention turns to them. My gosh. I've literally That's never me. ordered fajitas in my life. Um, 
No, we did not. And also the only Chinese food restaurant we had was this very fancy restaurant in Manchester called Chen Yangli. And it was where like whenever the presidents came to town to like campaign, they would always go to Chen Yangli. And so I was at like Chinese food was the most like elite. <laughs> like we were never we only had Chinese food on New Year's Eve and we would never go into Chen Yangli because like we were hill mountain people like they would have laughed at us like we were never fancy enough so that was so to go yeah we would only ever get it to go and then whenever i like moved to new york and like chinese food is like much more accessible i was like this is wild guys anytime you want yeah there was no ethnic food there's not a lot of avocados featured in french canadian cooking if Mm, you can believe it that is so strange i'm trying to remember the first time that i like had avocado and I think I just grew up with it because, like, we're in California and it's just, like, second nature. Yeah. That's hilarious. Like, I'm sure they existed. Like, I'm yeah, sure yeah, had yeah. I wanted to get my hands on one, I could have. But it just was not, like, nobody would have eaten an avocado. Like, nobody would have had an avocado in their home. Right. I was state. having avocado toast as a child. Like, my mom no, would we make avocado toast. We would have been like, toast. what is happening? Yeah, my mom would make us avocado toast as kids. Yeah. So, like, don't come for me, millennials. <laughs> That's just a part of who I was in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. We were eating peanut butter and banana sandwiches, I guess. That is... Oh, my gosh. I died. It's hilarious. I know, yeah. And not having... Mex- we had no ethnic food. It was, you know, whatever. It's not good. Mm-hmm. I'm not excited about it. Definitely ordering Mexican food. I'm, I'm, it's six o'clock. I'm about to order a burrito. <laughs> I mean, it's nine o'clock. I gotta order. I might order sushi. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when sushi came to the mall, and that's all anyone could talk about for like three weeks. We're like, have you heard of sushi? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, besides the point. All right, guys. If you have your own opinions, you could always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram and Twitter at Learning Tropes. We have our Patreon. If you go to Learn the Tropes, uh, if you search Learning Tropes on Patreon, you'll find us there. Tell and, everybody uh, how awesome my shirt is and that they should log on to the Patreon so that if they you, can we see have... this fantastic leopard <laughs> print. If you want to watch us talk instead of, and, and we've been doing all kinds of facial movements, guys, that are special. Uh, if you join the Patreon, there is a video of every episode available there. And I'll also, I'm trying to put on episodes up episodes early, but producer Patty has been coming in real under the line as far as like what he can give me these episodes. So producer I haven't Patty. yet. Oh, come on, man. We're not even needing, we don't even need editing. We're absolutely crushing it. We're live to tape. Yeah. So... He needs to put on just the intro and outro music anyway. Get together, Pat. We Wait, love- let's say something. Let's say something truly horrible about him so that we can test if he's actually listening to these episodes. No, I think us bitching about this is probably enough. <laughs> He'll be like, he's like, I'm trying. I, he has three podcasts that he's doing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, boy. All right, everybody. But we will see you next time when we talk about episode five and we're halfway through. Keep Jones in, guys. <laughs> Keep Jones in.